0: The specific story is that fracking and the oil and gas industry are destroying people's lives, the environment, everything that we love. Ask yourself, would I want my family to live on top of a contaminated site? We're all involved in it, whether you're a doctor, lawyer or undertaker. You know, we all got to drink water. We all got to breathe air. We all have to eat food.
1: That's Ron Gula, our guest for this episode of Halt the Harm podcast. He's a recipient of the Community Sentinel Award for Environmental Stewardship and one of the first voices to speak out against fracking in Pennsylvania after his farm was contaminated. One of the first test wells in Pennsylvania for high-volume horizontal fracking was installed on Ron's farm in 2005. These wells resulted in water and soil contamination, and he's since moved out of Pennsylvania. This all happened in Washington County, about an hour outside of Pittsburgh. Today, Washington County has over 1,100 fracking wells, more than any other county in Pennsylvania. Since being impacted and speaking out, Ron has become a beacon for other landowners who were given a false sense of hope that fracking was a blessing beneath their feet. So I opened up the conversation by asking Ron to introduce himself and take us back before this issue of fracking really became such a prominent part of his life.
0: As I've told people many times, Ryan, I was a multimillionaire and they'll look at me like, what? And I'll say, you know why I was a multimillionaire? Because I had a quality of life. I had a beautiful farm that I was carving out and having my little piece of heaven to raise my family. And I watched everything just get destroyed and no one would help me before my eyes. Both of my grandparents had farms. I grew up farming. I had about four relatives that had farms. So I would go from farm to farm to farm to farm in the summertime working. My grandparents both had free gas from conventional wells on their farm. Well, that's what they offered us on the lease. It was free gas, 350,000 cubic feet of gas free a year. And I could show the lease to anybody that would want to see it. That was a complete lie because they were going for the Marcellus shell. They also said they were doing vertical drilling. So they didn't say anything about horizontal drilling. And with my background in drilling, I figured out what they were doing. They started drilling here in '05. I was the second test well. There were five test wells. That was, in the, was on the front cover of the World uh, Oil and Gas magazine, Pennsylvania, front cover. They lied about everything. The lease was totally 100% misrepresented and they were dr- drilling into the Marcellus, and they acted like, oh, the Marcellus, oh my God, it's God sent, this is, this is all new. I got news for the whole world. Anybody that knew about drilling and was in the oil and gas industry knew about the Marcellus shell. You know, I knew what I was talking about, and when I would hear what they had to say, oh, my skin would just, cr- it, it would just, <laughs> my skin would crawl, I would be so angry.
1: When you started to speak out and share what was going on, what was it like one of the first times? Can you just bring us back to that moment and describe it?
0: I spoke probably in front of a few hundred people at our fire hall and some were listening and some weren't, you know, and I I get that because they didn't know me, some did, most didn't. But all I was trying to do was open up a door for them to go through to do some research on their own. And I could tell when I would speak in front of an audience that I was getting through to quite a few people. And it was working. And I kept it low key, very common sense, and I kept beating on that. And I always beat that horse, and I'll beat it till you can't can't beat it anymore. Why are they exempt from everything? If it's safe and benign, why are you exempt from clean air and clean water and safe drinking water? This is absurd.
1: So, what Ron is referring to here is the Clean Air and Clean Water Acts. These are laws that are normally meant to protect public health by limiting pollution. By negotiating exemptions with the federal government, oil and gas companies fracking in Pennsylvania, like Range Resources and Chesapeake Energy, were able to operate without the oversight or safety measures that, to be fair, were created for exactly this. These exceptions, plus lease agreements arranged by gas companies, meant the companies were not liable if, fracking, like on Ron's farm, contaminated the water supply. Here's Ron.
0: I mean, think about that. When you, when I, every time I repeat the, those exemptions, I mean, I know my blood pressure goes up. People have to understand this was all set up. It was very well orchestrated. It took well over 20 years to implement all the exemptions for the clean air, clean water, safe drinking water, the right to know, the Superfund Act, the TRI, toxic release inventory, that's when they flare. If it's a safe and benign industry, why would you have these exemptions? These are all the red flags. This is all common sense. And this is, this is the nuts and bolts of this whole situation that we're living in. And what, what really disgusts me the most is why are we not going after Bush and Cheney? Because they are the ones that opened the gates. And you don't hear anything about Bush and Cheney anymore. Mm. Who opened the gates for
1: this? They removed all the they created all the exemptions. They removed all the protections that we had. And
0: why did the Bush family end up buying a hundred thousand acres in Paraguay? Mm. One of the world's finest water aquifers. You know, the rich get richer, you know, and it's the old adage, the poor get poorer. But I'm sick and tired of the public being stepped on. I'm tired of it. I'm sick of it. It's time for people to stand up and fight back because I fight this because of my children, because they won't have anything. This world will be one polluted mess, and it's being controlled by the billionaires. They have no liability. The liability is left upon you, the landowner, and you, the community. And those those presidents and CEOs and board of directors, they live nowhere near this stuff. You know, enough is enough. It's time for change.
1: So when these companies get up and leave from whatever area they've been fracking in, they leave the people and communities with the mess. When fracking began, there were a lot of stories of landowners getting rich quick. The gas company would come in, offer to lease their land, and those landowners would get paid in royalties for the gas the wells produced. Ron shares how many of these get-rich-quick stories ended up actually going.
0: So, the gas was wet in our area. Now, I didn't know that, but... When I found out and did my homework, then I found out it was wet, well, then I knew what what was going on. They were after the cream, as I called it. They were after the the propane, the butane, the hexane, the ethane, all the byproducts. And what did the landowners get for that? Zero. They only got paid for drip gas and methane. And again, it's a commodity. It goes up and down with the market. You know, everyone thought they hit the powerball. And I'm trying to explain to these people, you have no idea. Do not believe what they're telling you because... Their COO, Ray Walker, was interviewed by our local paper, Observer Reporter. Well, if you have 100 acres and you lease it, you can make, um, I think it was $2 million in 20 years is what he said. I said, they can't predict what you're going to make. That's impossible. He doesn't have that crystal ball. It's a commodity. And there's other countries doing the same thing you know, now the people see the truth and the wells, you know, they drop off. Their decline rate is like 65% uh, in 30 months. That's an average. A lot of them drop off a lot sooner and some hold up a little longer. But when they've plugged a lot of wells already in Washington County, they're done producing. They've plugged the ones on my farm. And look what they've done to the investors. Look at all their stocks. Look how their stocks have crashed. But Go and look and see what kind of salaries these big boys were making at the top. Millions of dollars a year robbing the investors. This whole house of cards needs to be brought down, but it's already coming down. The whole thing is imploding.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And investors now are very upset. And now there's lawsuits flying because these brokerage firms are going after these companies because they said, well, you know, you totally misrepresented the production and et cetera, et cetera, the reserves. Well, <laughs> All you got to do is go back and look at my videos from how many years ago. And I think you could see, and all I'm trying to do is tell people the darn truth. But I was a nobody.
1: Before there were ever suspicions that investors in these operations were being duped, the landowners were being misled. Ron tells us about how these companies misinformed and suppressed information. He starts us off at one of the town hall meetings he spoke at. Personnel from Range Resources were in attendance. And you should know, Range Resources is the company that drilled Ron's farmland.
0: You know, I'm trying to give them information to think about and look into. And uh, of course, Range personnel was there and their spokesman, Matt Pizzarella, who should be behind bars for lying and misrepresenting uh, to the people. They would never get confrontational uh, verbally, not physically, verbally. If you started to say something or if you said something to them, if you asked them questions like I did about the exemptions, they just stood there with a deer in the headlight look and ignored it because that's what they're trained to do. Because then you had another guy working for Range Resources, Jim Cannon. His background in the military was PSYOP, Psychological Operations. Well, he worked for Range. He was at every township meeting. Tell you know, if I would be in there or somebody else would be in there complaining, he would try to uh dissolve the situation. The, the funny part of it was he was getting paid to fabricate, been filmed many times, lying many times, and he's on film. And of course, he's no longer there, he's gone.
1: You knew their background, you knew that they were employing tactics to shut down the conversation and that th- they could leave range and someone else would come and take their place.
0: Yep, well. Like I said, this was so well organized, and people at the top, the board of directors, the CFOs, the COOs, presidents, and CEOs, they're paying themselves big bucks, big bucks. And a lot of resolutions have been filed by shareholders. They want answers. The livestock, the amount of livestock that has died, that I know about, and there's so many that I don't know about because these people have signed gag orders. I know farmers that have been put out of business thanks to oil and gas because their water was ruined. Uh, Holstein, uh, dairy producing cattle have to drink at least 25 gallons of water a day just to produce. Well, if they don't drink, they don't produce. Well, then you're out of business. Then the animals die. Now, I've got more horror stories of farmers and what they've gone through, but then there's a number of them that have signed gag orders and don't talk. If this is all so wonderful, all you'd have to do is subpoena all these companies that drilled in Pennsylvania and find out how many gag orders have been issued and settled. Why? Why why what are you covering up? And then fresh water haulers, how their business all you'd have to do is subpoena their records, uh, before drilling and after drilling, and look how their business flourished. But they weren't destroying anybody's water now, were they? Those are only two things you'd have to do and you would find out how serious this, this situation really is. And I'm not even going to get into the health because the health we're in deep trouble and you know I no longer live in Pennsylvania I'm gone I moved out I I, you know I wanted my family out of there because we lived in the Ken McMillan school district and uh, I knew a great deal of what was happening I'll just leave it at that with the kids with the cancers
1: What Ron is referring to are cases of a rare bone cancer called Ewing sarcoma, appearing in the Cannon-McMillan School District in Washington County, Pennsylvania. Other rare cancers are also appearing in the school district. Earth Island Journal reports that there is an industrial site where uranium waste is stored just blocks away from the high school, and that there's a sewage treatment plant that can release processed waste into the creek adjacent to the school.
0: You cannot do what they're doing and expect this stuff not to come back up and harm you. Because what did they say early on? It all stayed underground. You're opening up cracks, fissures. So as I try to explain to everybody, it's like turning on your spigot. What happens if you grab a hose, your watering hose, your garden hose, and you turn on a spigot and you're looking at it? It's going to smack you right in the face, right? Well, what the hell you think these gas wells are going to do? But... They're affecting everything around us. Our air, our water, our soil. You're going through a water aquifer. You know, if I'm a liar and I'm a, it's all propaganda that I'm, you know, making up, well, come see for yourselves.
1: What do you think is the priority right now for everybody that's putting their energy and effort into fighting oil and gas companies?
0: Everyone needs to keep focusing on the truth and common sense. Look what the politicians are doing. Look how they're being, uh, you know, how they line their pockets from big industries. People need to start voting these people out. People do need to start running for office that you hope and pray that will be honest and stand up for the people, the constituents, to put them there. And everyone has got to stand up and stop taking the garbage and the lies from the industry and they need to call them out. And I know that's happened. That's been happening. And you could see, you don't see the propaganda like you did uh, from the oil and gas industry for two reasons. They've already caught themselves in their own web of lies and people aren't buying into it anymore like they did. And they've, they've run out of money from the investors because a lot of them have pulled out. So many people have lost money. They don't have the money going into the coffers like they did. It's all drying up, it's all imploding. And now, the public is going to have to deal with the aftermath. And if they think that they're not causing cancer, you know, if people think that they're not causing cancer and that they're not causing any health effects, you come with me for one day, I'll open your eyes.
1: It's common sense, like you said, and being able to have that common sense approach and expose the corruption removes a lot of the power that the industry has.
0: That's exactly right. And their propaganda, what you have to realize is, and I said this A long time ago, and I know they filmed me and they put it on YouTube or wherever. I always said they create doubt. So when their psyops guy would come in, he would create doubt like, well, maybe that didn't happen on so-and-so's farm. Maybe that didn't happen. Maybe it was just, you know, maybe something else occurred there. And maybe it's not as serious as you think. Well, you go around Pennsylvania or any other state where they've drilled excessively, there are a lot of problems. And anybody that lives there will tell you that. Anyone that works in the oil and gas industry will tell you that. But they want to create doubt. So if it's daylight, they'll say it's dark.
1: Casting doubt is really effective for swaying people who aren't seeing the impacts firsthand. People who are living... You know, outside of, of the impacted areas who hear about it, who, th- who think, oh, that's that's horrible what the oil and gas industry is doing. But the reality is, if you're not impacted, if you don't know somebody that's impacted, if you're not seeing those stories directly, then the doubt is actually comforting. It's like, oh, maybe it's not so bad. Maybe I can go back to feeling comfortable thinking that maybe everything is going to be okay. Right. It feels like the only way to stand up to this sophisticated propaganda is to really expose it like you are like explain this is this is actually a methodology this isn't just you know somebody with an opinion saying oh maybe it's not so bad it's actually very intentional it's intentionally designed it's deliberate. to protect it's deliberate the and they're paid well they're trained well and knowing that kind of you know pulls back the curtain
0: That's exactly right uh, I've told a lot of people the horse has left the barn and people out there have stepped up. And the internet has been a very major source of educating everyone and being able to network and uh, talk about it and talk about the problems and expose the problems. You really have to uh, educate yourself about the downside uh, of oil and gas. And again, why are they exempt from everything if it's safe and benign? And then ask yourself, would I want my family to live on top of a contaminated site, I'm gonna make some money. Well, yeah, you may make some money, but you may end up paying that money to doctors. This is not a free ride, period. Not a free ride. And you didn't hit the Powerball.
1: Thank you so much, Ron, for joining us on this program and the incredible amount of work that you've done to expose this industry.
0: Well, there's one more thing I wanna say. Uh, What people also have to realize, Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, with the frac sand mining, and the devastation from all that. Incredible. I've been to all three states, spoke there. Um, It's amazing, it's amazing, but uh, the folks are standing up, thank God, and uh, the word is out, and if people don't believe in the climate change, and we're not contributing to it, well, all I could say is, when it hits your back door, don't be screaming, oh my God, oh my God. Just look in the mirror and take a look, good look at yourself. Mm-hmm. You should have stood up.
1: All right, well, that wraps up this episode of Halt the Harm podcast. Um, It's been great having you here. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. I want to invite you to join the leader directory. Go to halttheharm.net, and you can see all the services that we provide. You'll see there that everything is all about building a stronger and more connected movement. So if you're facing an issue, if you're facing the harms of fracking or oil and gas development, or if you're just active in the movement to confront this industry— then being in the directory, being part of the network is a really good way to connect with people. All right, the website again is halttheharm.net and I will see you in the next episode.